Welcome to Sisterly Situations. I Welcome. am I am Sherilyn. And I am Missy. <laughs> and today we're going to be kind of picking up from where we ended our introduction sort of highlight reel um, with one of the more recent events that happens. Because today that- is a special day. Yes. So today is the one year anniversary since I had surgery, um, which we kind of touched on and at the very end of our introductory um, very first podcast and um, episode one, episode one. Isn't that a Dr. Dre song? Next episode. Never mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like episode one. Episode one is like a Star Wars thing, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, so yes, in episode one, at the very end, we touched on how when I had surgery um, one year ago today, that it really changed my perception of Missy. And I think it created a new level of awareness and appreciation that I originally did not have necessarily for Missy. Not that I don't appreciate her or I didn't appreciate her, but it was just like a deeper whole new level. Okay. Because (laughs) as we talked about extensively on our first episode, she's the baby sister. She's my baby. So there's a lot of ways that I haven't always given her the benefit of the doubt, or I haven't always seen her as a grown-up. <laughs> so true story. Also, true story. I just side note about today. Also, mm-hmm. it is your one-year anniversary. It is also, as Jamie pointed out to me, two 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 twenty-two. Yes, it is the two two Tuesday. It is the two two Tuesday. This yes. will obviously be coming out way later. But... Way later. <laughs> yes. It is also our cousin's birthday. I was going to ask you that while we were on the phone earlier. I, it is, isn't it? Okay. Yes. I'm going to send her a happy birthday text real quick. <laughs> hmm And so it's a big day. So this time last year, I got surgery. Um, yeah, that was her situation. That was my situation. So let's dive in. So um, essentially, I got a essentially I got a breast reduction. (laughs) Um, yeah, that wasn't essentially, that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. It's not essentially it's, this is, this is what happened as so I had incisions literally across my torso and up the center of my breasts. So my mobility was incredibly limited to not, um, (laughs) 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 no mobility at all (laughs) yeah um I couldn't lift my arms at all I couldn't lift anything um it hurt to uh exist in that time and space and it is something that I think people don't realize that cosmetic surgery this was medically necessary but it was but um generally cosmetic surgery and breast augmentation is incredibly serious 
medical procedure. So it's not something to be go, go into lightly. And like I said, this was medically necessary. So it wasn't something where it was like, oh, I just want my boobies to look certain way. Um, Cause I was certainly not happy after. <laughs> um, That's for sure. During that experience. So our aunt came and was with me the day of the surgery. She took me to the surgery center. Um, she picked me up. She made sure like I was fed uh, and had my medications for those first couple of days. And then you came like on day three, I think. Yeah, it was something like that. You had, it was definitely like, yeah, I think I it was within definitely, like 22 hours of the surgery. I can definitely check my calendar because I definitely have it marked on there. Definitely. Can I say definitely one more time in that sentence? How one more time. That Give it to me one more time. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So you, so my surgery was on a Monday and you were here on Wednesday and you stayed until the fifth, until the fifth. So you stayed for about 10 days. So wow. let me preface this that was a long with, time. So let me preface this with Missy and I have historically not been able to be around each other for more than a few days at a time. 24 hours. <laughs> We've gotten through 24 hours, yeah. but we, historically we have never been able to be around each other for more than a few days without having some kind of big fight. True story. And prior to this visit in the fall before um, we had had a huge fight. And so there was part of me that was like, I didn't want you to come and be the person to come take care of me. Um, like I, I was like, well, and you didn't want to come and stay for a significant period of time either. Yeah. You had asked me like for two weeks and then I was like, well, I'm apprehensive about one. Yeah. I wanted to be there to help you, but I also knew, you know, our thing about being together for a few days in a row. Um, So yeah, that was a hard decision to make anyway. Yeah. It was hard to balance all of that. Um, But you were the best candidate because you don't have kids and you weren't working at the time because the gym was closed. Oh yeah. Everything Um, was closed. Yep. Yeah. Everything was still closed because of the pandemic. It was just, it, so you were the only person that really had the availability to come and help. Yeah. And I couldn't lift anything for three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really concerned about that, which is why I'd asked you to come and stay for the two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely through the time that I had my daughter, Guinevere home, um, so we're on an alternating schedule. Guinevere goes to her dad for one week and then she comes home for one week. And I was really concerned about the week that Guinevere would be home because some I, I still have to take care of her. Like I still have to make her dinners and um, do all this stuff that, you know, moms have to do, keep the house clean, bathing and everything. Um, so I was very, very apprehensive about you coming and would you be able to manage doing the things that I needed help with? Would you be able to help take care of her? Would I be able to let you take care of her? <laughs> um, 
and and have that complete release of control um over my own life like I just had to surrender to it yeah so completely yeah in a big way and it was very very hard for me um and you got here and you were immediately protective of me and you were immediately like you stepped into the big sister role um you were protective of me you were like I want to clean this and I want to take care of this and what can I get for you like you were so supportive and and you took such good care of me and I mean so listeners and the drains had just been removed so I could finally like shower (laughs) and which I hadn't done and I was really scared about it because you know you've got open incisions across Mm -hmm. my entire torso Mm -hmm. um but I felt so disgusting so Missy jumped in that very first day of like all right let's do this and helped me to undress helped me to um wash my hair she shaved my legs I mean she did everything because you can't bend over to shave your legs you can't lift your arms up to wash your hair like all of this is movement that moves your chest muscles that I really could not do um and she just jumped right in and she was taking care of me um and she was really spending time with me and like she helped me laugh for the first time like she was um because I don't know if you can tell from I don't know if you can tell from these conversations yet but we do a lot of laughing together yeah we do (laughs) and um but we're definitely but she was my rock and she helped me to take care of my daughter so my daughter came And again, this is pandemic time. So my daughter was doing virtual learning school through her entire week here, um, which was an absolute nightmare Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, or if you've seen anything sugarcoated about it over the last year and a half, Mm -hmm. virtual learning was an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. don't believe anything else it was like, <laughs> like, um especially for a first grader who was really frustrated with the entire process and there was a lot of struggle that missy went through with guinevere do you want to talk about some of that struggle okay so my experience with homeschooling uh so also i think it's maybe notable to to say worth mentioning that yeah, I was um, a teacher for a period of time. Um, I went. I think we touched on this. I went to school for uh, psychology with a specialization in behavioral child services, uh, really to go in and be like a, with for uh, lack of better way of explaining it, to be a special ed teacher, basically in a in a private in- institution. Um, so I have, I do have teacher tools and skills, um, and to be honest, an incredible amount of patience in that area. Um, I worked yeah, with, cause you worked with kids with autism. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's <laughs> I love how you just pulled that right out of my mouth. <laughs> and that's no, 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 no. Like we finish each other's sentences kind of thing. <laughs> <I do. laughs> um, 
so yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I work with kids with autism and, and that's, and let me also just mention that my patients in every other area of life, very thin, um, <laughs> for some reason it was all reserved for that particular setting. That um, discipline specifically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I have a lot of experience and I do have a lot of tools with, with, with that. Turns out that wasn't even, uh, it really didn't even help me in this scenario. Um, first no. of all, normal kids are a lot different. Uh, they're, they're a lot different than working with kids with autism and varying, varying disabilities and things like that. So, so Are you calling my kid normal. I'm sorry. Normal. Normal. <laughs> well, that's how she says it. <laughs> She's normal. Uh, She's normal. But yeah. She, she is your average seven-year-old. She does not have a particular, um, learning disability or anything or autistic autism or anything. She's right. not on the spectrum there. No, it's certainly and, and like, not that we know of. Yeah. And like, There's I don't even diagnosed. see. Yeah. And I don't even like see tendencies for, um, like ADD and things like that. You know, she's, she's a kid for sure. You know, she definitely gets distracted and, but there were often times. So going back to this homeschooling thing, there were times where she was, she had her head down and not looking at anything and like fiddling with her hands. And I'd be like, Guinevere, are you paying attention? She'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, okay, well, what'd they just say? And then she'd word for word, tell me what they just said. Oh, okay. And it, it took me a minute to ask her that way. Prior to that, I was just saying, Guinevere, you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. And not mm-hmm. realizing that that's her, that she was, she was. Yeah. Um, she can pay attention with her head down mm-hmm. and actually absorb information. She doesn't necessarily have to be fully making eye contact and engaged in the way that we think of as polite and proper Yes. conversational type of and those engagement. are huge those are huge things that we teach the kids with autism is eye contact because that's just a huge thing that that is usually lacking in that population you know so so right for me to and shift, it's a life skill as an adult right yeah yeah and that's really like what I was teaching when I was teaching kids with autism is how to function in this world you know primarily right. more than like school education. I mean, I mean, of course there were things, uh, right. school curriculum. Whereas Guinevere, if you're in person with her, of course she'll make eye contact. She can have mm-hmm. a, a, a normal conversation <laughs> with you, you know, a seven-year-old to an adult type of conversation, certainly, but right. she will sit there and converse and she, and she tells stories and she can be actively engaged, but virtual mm-hmm. learning did not lend itself to that same level of engagement, just by the, the very format of what this meant. Yeah. And like, I could tell experience. Yeah. And what was like hardest for her was there's all these little, you know, it's, it wasn't zoom, I don't think, but it's very similar where there's all these little tiny boxes, teams, Mm -hmm. there's all these tiny little boxes for each student. And the teacher doesn't see every student raising their hand or, or whatever the function was. I don't know. I don't even remember if there was a button or something like that, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is the teacher's not going to see everything. And so yeah, the teacher when- did not have the right settings either. We explored that. Oh, 
later with the teacher where mm. she had the settings to see essentially eight kids at a time in a class of 25 virtually. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there was a lot going on with that whole situation. And so all of these factors really put Guinevere in a place where she was feeling discouraged and she was feeling <sighs> left so much. out. And she was feeling, yeah. And, and it was torture for her to sit on a computer for six hours a day, not being able to answer questions when she does know the answer, not being able to ask questions when she doesn't know the answer. There was no, it, it wasn't a reciprocal kind of education environment. It was, and often you're just she- sitting there talking to me. Yeah. And, and when there was something interactive, like where she had to write something on her whiteboard, sometimes like it got to the point where sometimes, you know, she would hold it up as it, she was just writing a little slower than the teacher was talking. So she'd hold it up as they right before they answered or right as they were answering. Then she started to like realize that that was how that was going. So she started going faster and she'd hold it up. And she'd put it down and erase it before the teacher got the answer out. And then the teacher, and then the teacher was like, well, why didn't you answer? And I was like, well, she did. So it was, that was such a hard experience because communication there was not effective (laughs) between student and teacher. No. Um, And it was hard because I would send her emails. Like I would, I'd be sending her real time emails asking questions and being like, or, or explanations for things like that. And of course she doesn't see them in real time because she's busy teaching the lesson or whatever. So, Oh, in the chat function. No, emails. I was doing it on my sending- phone because when uh, you're okay. on, the, on the laptop. So, okay. And I didn't, and I didn't even know until right now that there was that function in teams. I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. There's a chat function in any one of these. So like, I can send you a message now. Oh, you know what? I guess maybe I did. Well, yeah, no, I know we have one. Um, Yeah. And any one of these formats. Yeah. You know what? I guess I did maybe see that with Guinevere and, and the students. I mean, it's okay. Sorry. Messaging it. But anyway, but, but this is, this is all to show you how confusing all this was for me. I came jump, I came into this in the middle of everything. Right. It's just kind of a sub for the week. <laughs> well, mommy's mm-hmm. laid up upstairs. And on top of that, so not only does Guinevere have all of that going on with school, that's kind of the regular, but also things are very irregular for her and her situation. Um, cause her situation was also, she is dealing with the anxiety and fear because her mommy's not okay right now. Mm-hmm. Like mommy's upstairs and she, there was some fear associated with that. Um, a lot of fear that she didn't speak to or necessarily show or even um, understand, right. Or understands, right. Like it, she doesn't have, she's seven. She doesn't have the words to be like, you know, right now I'm just not my best self because I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety and fear. This is not my normal schedule. And my mommy is sick right now. Like, and if yeah, she did she have feel those, those words, things, that would be <laughs> amazing. Freaking amazing. Yeah. And there are other times when she does have words like that, that is very impressive, but this was a very challenging, uh, just the entire experience. 
and you were downstairs just going through all of that with her. And I was upstairs completely helpless. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sitting down there trying to learn how each of these different little softwares work because she's got mm -hmm. different types of learning. It reminds me of like back in the day, like the leapfrog stuff or like before that uh, hooked on phonics type stuff, you know? Yeah. So she has these apps that she needs to click on. (laughs) that are educational apps where they have to play these like games to learn for reading and math. (laughs) She has to complete so many hours of it in a week in order to stay on track. Um, And I was having a hard time keeping track of all of that. And, Mm -hmm. and, and remembering which one she did and which one have worked this way and which one worked that way. And what subject each one is tied to and, it was very confusing. <laughs> it, it was a lot. It was, By the end of the 10 days, I think I got it down. <laughs> it was certainly a lot. And it, it was a lot of pressure. I mean, under the best of circum the best of circumstances for me mm-hmm. uh, on a normal week, it was a lot. And I had been doing it all year. Um, so for you to jump in for this week in February to just be jumping in. You're not familiar with it. And like some of that in hindsight, I probably could have showed you more about preparation for it. There's also a lot that Guinevere knew and she could, she could do, she just needed reminders. And that was, that's just, it's all very hard. Yeah. That whole thing, like, of course, no matter how we did it, we could in hindsight look back and be like oh well I could have done this better you know it could have been a different school district and it all would have been better (laughs) (laughs) like one that had some sort of disaster plan and could have been prepared for well uh, in reality that that was uh, in in reality no matter how we handled that situation there's always you know there's always that hindsight looking back okay how could have how could we have done this better you know, um, and at the same time, you were also trying to keep me from working because mm-hmm. I'm a workaholic. So there was, I was checking emails before while, while waiting for you to arrive in on your Uber. So my very first time, like downstairs. So you were coming in from the airport, and I was like, I need to check emails because Missy's not going to let me. So I'm like, not even 24 hours out of surgery. <laughs> or 48 hours out of surgery. And I'm sitting there like, I got to check my emails Um, because I'm a bit of a workaholic. And I am like, and at that time, things were worth work were not good. So Mm -hmm. I was definitely like, I can't, I can't not work. So I did work the Friday after my surgery. Um, So I didn't even take a full week off. And I was Mm -hmm. working that Friday and I had... Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> that's the cat. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. That's, that's Lynx. That's Lynx. Um, so I had a meeting with my, with my director who was actually new to his role as my director on that Friday. And we touched base on something, on some stuff with my manager. And he was like, Hey, Sherilyn, don't work Monday and Tuesday. It's like, I don't, I don't want you to work. I remember that. (laughs) And I was like, he was like, you need to take, why? 
And he was like, how are you doing with surgery and everything? I was like, it's very painful, but it's okay. I I didn't take my full dosage of medication so that I could concentrate today. And I had to get this stuff in. And he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't like any of that at all. (laughs) Nothing about what you just said is okay with me. (laughs) And he is a, (laughs) he is a fantastic leader who has completely reshaped um, my entire role so that I don't have that kind of experience anymore, but it was really tough at that time. So I worked that Friday. Yeah. This is like a year later that it's a lot of, it's a much better situation for you at that time. It was right before that awesome leader came in and kind of helped you transition into a better routine or situation. Yeah. So a a different situation. Yeah. So, and at that time we were, we were still trying to, he's really great because he really listens. Um, and, and does something with what he hears. Right. So the first time I had a conversation with him about what I was doing, I was like, even he was like, I think I want to help you with this because it doesn't sound like this is what I'm hearing. And he repeated it back to me. And I was like, I feel so validated. And more than that, I felt heard for the first time in like three years of doing what I was doing and struggling. And I was like, even if nothing comes out of this and nothing changes, thank you for listening and validating what I'm saying. And my roles completely changed. And he has found a way to help me to leverage my actual strengths in a meaningful way for the company. Um, yeah, that has yeah, led really to me has. winning in the last uh, six months, I've or last four months, really, because it's two different quarters. I've won two different awards from the company. Mm-hmm. Um, he put in for me to get a bonus, which is not an easy thing to do with salaried employees. Mm-hmm. You have to jump through a lot of hurdles and stuff. Even for a little bit, he was like, here's the one time like bonus for work that I've done and impact that I've made. And so he really does support people. He's a really great leader. Um, But at the time, (laughs) again, work was really hard and virtual learning was really hard. And there was one point when I was laying, I was laid up in my bed not able to do anything. And I could hear you and Guinevere going back and forth with each other. And I was like, you know, my life is really hard to live. Like it's, it's a struggle. There's not a single part of my life that is not a struggle. And Missy is downstairs dealing with one of the top two hardest parts of it. (laughs) And I love, I love being a mom. Don't get me wrong, but it is hard. Don't believe anyone who tells you any different. If anyone ever tells you any different, it is a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. And virtual learning was like piling the hard on top of the impossible. Like it was, I was like, oh my goodness. And I wanted so badly to come downstairs and be like, okay, just stop, break it up. Like <laughs> break up just, the fight. Let's, let's hit a pause and just let me intervene. And that was really hard for me to not be able to do that. 
but you handled it with grace. I mean, when you came upstairs and I gave you some feedback, you handled that with grace. I think you came upstairs and you were almost in tears. You were just like, this is really hard. And I was like, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> I remember saying my life is really hard and I didn't get to finish the full thought. And you were like, what's hard about it? You're laying here in bed. <laughs> and I was like, no, I mean like my general life that I live and you're downstairs operating in one of my roles. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. His. <laughs> like, and there were tears in your eyes and you were so frustrated. And I remember just being like, the, and, but you, you handled it and you did very well. Um, and you took really good care of me and my daughter mm. and we ate and you cleaned the house and and did so many things and I just had a whole new appreciation especially the turnaround from I really am nervous about it and I don't want her to come to <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't want her to be the one to have to take like I don't want to rely on her to turning it around and being like actually I am so grateful it was you and there's no one else um that I would want it to be yeah especially with the parts that I was at my most vulnerable. Like, I think you just have such a sensitivity and a care when it comes to caring for other people, like the showering and the physical aspects of taking care of me. Like that was where I I wouldn't feel comfortable being that vulnerable with other people. Yeah. At that level. We, we definitely got intimate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else that I would be like, here's a razor blade, please glide it all over my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean like everything to the point of, I, and we can totally cut this out if this next part I'm about to say, if you want to, but you know, when at the point where, you know, you're in the bathroom and oh my goodness, that was try so horrible to wipe yourself. And I'm literally standing <laughs> outside of the bathroom being like, all right, this is not necessarily a boundary I want to cross. <laughs> But I will. <laughs> yes. Because you have to twist your torso and do a little bit of reaching to wipe your ass. And <laughs> like it, and that's just the physicality of what it is. And it was so painful. And I was like, nope, nope. I do not, I don't want you to, but I was in tears from the pain that that caused. And you were on the other side of the door in tears. In tears from, from hearing you in pain. Hearing the pain and being like, just let me help you. And I'm being like, no, absolutely. No. <laughs> like, we're We've not- already crossed enough boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, listen, I understand that I wiped your ass. When I you was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that is where we, co- that's, that's. This is a me being a big sister and you're still my little sister so boundary I'm not willing to cross. Um, it yeah, it's different when you're, let's also just say you were wiping my ass when I was a baby. <laughs> you were exactly. As a baby changing your diapers. Yeah. That's a very different experience than when you're in your thirties and, and your sister is not allowed to wipe your ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Not allowed to um, <laughs> No, I'm sorry, but no. 
that, <laughs> you know, the things we take for granted when we're physically capable mm-hmm. and then when you're not and you're completely at the mercy of another human. Oh, yeah. It was so humbling of an experience and you were so graceful and caring through that whole experience. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I really... I mean, I was in a space where I was incredibly, I I was in very much a caretaker space um, because I love you, you know, and I, and I do care about you a a fuck ton (laughs) (laughs) and that child and I care about you a fuck ton. (laughs) I love that. New catchphrase. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, so when, so, and I also you know, and I've got, I've got a couple, uh, well, one question for you, I guess that, um, but I feel like, you know, I am very protective of you and, and you have had, you know, me being the little sister and you being the bigger sister, I've seen you vulnerable less. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that was one of the more vulnerable I've seen you now, of course I, we're sisters and best friends. I've seen you vulnerable. That's not to say that like, you know, my sister puts on this front and <laughs> acts like the tough guy in front of me. Like I do a lot, but, though. but you do a lot and you did a, mm-hmm. a lot more. So that what I'm trying and to I say, is that's that, not the dynamic that, of our relationship, but that, but that is something that happened. I mean, uh, certainly because, and so I think you're able to see through it when I'm putting on a front and trying to be like tough and stuff, yeah. especially as an adult, you can see through oh, it yeah. because we are so close. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't. And certainly from my perspective, absolutely. I'm not showing you my vulnerabilities. So I guess what I'm <laughs> meaning to say is you were very openly vulnerable. And I think that is the most openly vulnerable I've ever seen you. I mean, because you were forced to be mm-hmm. right. You kind of had no other choice. And so, you know, when I came in as the caretaker, I mean, like I already have that. I love you and I care about you and I want to, I want to do the best by you. But then I came in and I saw my big sister totally vulnerable and not even really trying to not be and that was different and I think that it was with that like I was able to be so uh compassionate maybe sensitive to where you were and so I I could tap into like you know the the yoga teacher in me I guess I don't know what it is but like tap into that that part of me where I'm like I I my biggest concern is how are you doing? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help and to make things easier? And um, I mean, I, I was there with the intentions of taking care of what needed to be taken care of you, your daughter, your house, your cats, you know? So I walked in with a mission and, mm-hmm. and I worked that mission. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really did. <laughs> um, and it was hard though. It wasn't easy to, I mean, we talked about how hard it was with, with school, but also the temperature in the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
was crazy. (laughs) So just to give a little, I live in a townhouse that is in Virginia. That's cold in Virginia. So it is cold in. Yeah. South of the Mason Dixon line. It doesn't all of a sudden become summer everywhere. It's still winter in the South. It was, (laughs) and it was cold that week in February. Um, It was, it was cold. And so one of the funny dynamics that I have in my house is heat rises. So that's not exclusive to your house. I don't think. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So scientifically we are all aware that heat rises. So I am upstairs where I am laying still and sweating. Like I'm just, I'm drenched in sweat. It is so hot upstairs and you come downstairs and it's cold freezing. And meanwhile, the thermostat is set to what? 72 or something? 73. Yeah. So So it shouldn't be that hot upstairs and it shouldn't be that cold downstairs. (laughs) Absolutely not. There's no reason for two human beings to be like shivering and or sweating profusely when we're talking about in the same house in 72 degrees weather. Like, absolutely. And I have that now where like I'm working, I work downstairs in my living room where you were at that time. Mm-hmm. And I will be sitting here shivering and putting on like an extra pair of socks and a sweatshirt and over my sweater. And the temperature will be set at 74. And if I go upstairs, it's like I walked into a sauna. So there, it's such a dramatic situation. We don't have good insulation and we don't have good windows in these units because they are old and it is a rental. So and poor management. And I'm just going to put it out there. It's poor management. So last summer, actually, they did go in and add insulation into the attics. We got a new manager and they did that. And it made hella difference this winter. But we still do have that change of temperature. But instead of it being like a 15 degree difference from the downstairs to upstairs, it's like a five to eight degree difference still huge still <laughs> huge difference that is a big difference it is but it's much better than it was but it was it's really hard because at the time so I had put on weight before the surgery because I couldn't like I said it was medically required medically necessary so I had a medical situation that it stopped me from being able to work out like I was I was um, doing strength training and lifting weight and doing like an actual, actual workouts on a regular basis until I got to the point where I was like, this is painful. I can't do this workout anymore. And I had been going to an office where we were, we walked every day and we did, and I was running, um, which I could no longer run because of the pain that it caused. So I had already put on Especially like with the boob bounceage. Yeah. And that's where the pain was. So yeah, I'd already put on not just like the COVID 20 or COVID 19. (laughs) (laughs) I had put on the, I had put on extra weight from not being able to work out anymore. So especially with the intensity that I was working out where I was kind of standard. So I had put on significant amount of weight. So I was very uncomfortable and I get very uncomfortable and hot 
still because I haven't gotten back into my workout routine. And it was so I was hot and uncomfortable upstairs. And you were somebody who was generally speaking, typically always cold. (laughs) Yeah. So that's like a legit. I wish we could have switched it and you could have been upstairs and I could have been downstairs (laughs) and we probably would have been more comfortable. Well, and then here's the other crazy part to that. I'm a sweaty sleeper regardless, (laughs) regardless, whether it's hot, cold in the the room or whatever. Mm -hmm. So not so sleeping on the couch. Okay. So this is where the cat comes in too. Because I'm sleeping yeah. on the couch, and 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 I prefer that also because Guinevere's room is flipping freezing. So when Guinevere wasn't, except when Guinevere wasn't there, I did sleep in there, and I slept all right. And the and the little cat grabbed my grabbed my hand with his little paws and snuggled, and it was the cutest thing. And I wish a real we could, sweet snuggler. Oh yeah, I wish we could have relived that night every night. But yeah, but so instead. so instead, <laughs> instead. I moved downstairs when Guinevere came home because, well, she kicks in her sleep. And uh, so sleeping with her was not really an option. Sleeping with you wasn't an option either because I sweat and move in my sleep. So I'm not going to hurt you or make you uncomfortable because you're recovering from this major surgery. So then um, I'm on this couch, which is comfortable enough. You know, no, it's can, not. Well, it's comfortable enough that I can sleep on it. Like it's not like causing me major pain, you know, and because that wasn't my issue. It was the nocturnal beasts. <laughs> yeah. So running around, in, you had just gotten. Yeah. So baby. in the August before this, yeah, we got an emotional support cat for my daughter. Because mm-hmm. um, they already had a cat. So, so you guys had yes. Nyx already. Yes. And so Nyx I had Nyx, who's a couple very, years old. Mm-hmm, and is very much like your cat. And Guinevere loves cats. That was, that and that was, was not the intention at all. Mm-hmm. We got Nyx to, to be, be Guinevere's cat. Mm-hmm. But Nyx is very much the type of cat who's like, I'll sit here, you sit over there. And that's how and we we're love good. each other. <laughs> and yeah, like respect. Um, now Guinevere she does come close to me. Yeah. yeah, she does come close to me and she will snuggle cl- closer to me. But she was, she will tolerate Guinevere to a point, but she's not seeking that out. No. So then you got Lynx. Nyx. Or, yeah, we got Lynx, the baby. And Lynx is this cuddly. The of these cats? <laughs> <laughs> so Nyx came with her name. And that's probably like a mini-sode. Um, Nyx yes. came. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's save that for a mini Okay. <laughs> we'll go into the cats' names on a mini-sode. So yeah, we got Lynx that summer and Lynx is very playful and snuggly, like the perfect blends. And he's just, he's so cute and he's so sweet. And let me tell you, he really is a good kitty. Like Guinevere will grab him and he will just. We will have to post some pictures on our webpage too. On our website. Yeah. You guys got to check out the pictures of this cat and how tolerant there's the video of her singing the song. So we created a song (laughs) for this cat. (laughs) Yes. That week, that That week, week. because because of how frustrated I was. 
So we made it a fun thing. So maybe we should talk about why I was so frustrated. So that night, so this, so we said all of that stuff about the cats to say that Nix was the chill one. And then the baby cat came in and he's very playful, right? And so cats are nocturnal. And when I was trying to go to sleep in the living room, that's when the bells and everything, the running around and the chasing each other started happening. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it kept me up. It was driving me nuts. You know, it's like the hamster on the wheel right next to your bed. Like I could hear it nonstop and I was having such trouble going to sleep. I mean, there were falling asleep and staying asleep. And oh, these super stressful days and then no sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And there was even one night where like I was having so much trouble falling asleep and I don't even think it was really the cat's fault this night. To, to be completely honest, I was having so much trouble falling asleep. And then I finally did. And I fell asleep for, I don't know, like an hour or something. And during that time, I had like this awful dream where like somebody was chasing me and you uh, and like burned me with this like metal, hot metal rod thing. Oh my God. Like it was this crazy freaking dream, scary. And I woke up right before, cause I was supposed to give you medicine around 3 a.m. So I had set an alarm Uh to give you that dosage. I had woken up like 10 minutes before that alarm went off. And I was like in a panic, you know, one of those like sit up and kind of immediately start crying, but I tried to hold it back. So I was like, I got to give my sister this medicine and she's not, she's recovering from surgery. So I can't have her worrying about me and my sleeping issues right now. Like it, it felt so trivial, but at the same time, I was so emotional because of how tired I was. And, you know, how much stuff was going on. And so, just a sidebar for listeners, when Missy does not get enough sleep. <laughs> it's not fun. She is not. I'm not my best her self. Her best self. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Missy doesn't get enough sleep and she is difficult to be around. Yeah. So, Uh, so needless to say, when I don't sleep, it's not good. It's not pretty. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I had gone, I had gone upstairs to give you that medicine. And after this dream, and I was trying so hard to like hide it and be okay. And you were, and I can't hide anything from you. And you were like, Oh my God, honey, are you okay? I was like, no, I just couldn't sleep. And then I had this nightmare and blah, blah, blah. And you were like, as much as you could open your arms because you couldn't because you were so physically limited you tried to like open your arms and like you know for me to come lay on you but couldn't <laughs> lay on you because you're recovering so I, I like put my head on your lap and you like with the tips of your fingers that's all that could reach like rubbed my head <laughs> That was mm-hmm. such, that was such a hard night, but I mean, and they were all, difficult. well, I mean, cause I had so many like pillows wrapped around me. That's why I couldn't reach. It's not that my arms are comically small. Oh, I was talking about that. You know, that was too much of a stretch for the oh, boobage. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Chestage. And I had the, I had the, um, the breast pillow wrapped oh, around me. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's so true. that like restricted me from being able to reach. But we were constantly putting like, um, ice packs over you and yep all that which at some point yeah. we were using to just cool you down it was so hot up there <laughs> it was it was like okay let's put two on my boobs and one, one on my back, back. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like 
<laughs> we just get one around my neck and shoulders. Yeah, it was so uncomfortable. There was so, a steady rotation of all of those ice packs. Oh my god. Yeah, it took a it took a second to like get into that rhythm, but yeah, we figured out a rhythm with it and everything it was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was like a um, production train. <laughs> it was. It was crazy. It's like, is this going to be cold enough yet to be able to switch them out? It's horrible. But yeah, I remember that when you were so upset and you were like, I don't want to upset you. And it's like, I'm still your sister. Like, come here. And I was like, just because I've had surgery doesn't mean that I stop being your sister and you can come to me and when you're upset about stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm not that fragile. Gosh. (laughs) I know. But I was so protective over you. Just don't touch me. <laughs> but I, yeah, I was so protective. I mean, like, and I was in such a, I was just in such that space. I mean, like the night that you said out and oh, I was, that's right. So spe- that goes back to the cats. Do you remember? Yes, what that was? I do. Okay. So before surgery, I had invested in a new mattress that was desperately needed because of some pain that I was in. And when I did that, I went like, crazy and also got an adjustable base for my mattress Mm -hmm. so I was in a sitting up position most of the time Mm -hmm. well that darling sweet little cat Lynx climbed up the back of it when I was asleep came over my shoulder and pounced right on my breast Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was sliced open and this was one of the moments that we were both soundly sleeping we were soundly asleep and I was like the only times I was like Oh my God. And And before you finished saying that, I was upstairs. You were upstairs and next to me and going, okay, what what did happen? What happened? What happened? I was like, I was like, that wow, you got here. I was like, it just so took me. I was like, oh my God. Wow. How are you here already? Like it was like Superman had taken you up the stairs or something. I was like, what? That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, my feet barely even touched the stairs. Like, I don't even think you heard me coming upstairs. That's how fast. No, I... it was just suddenly you were next to me. And I was yeah. like, okay, did you just blink? What the hell? <laughs> teleported from the couch up the stairs. I was like, holy shit. Um, which was, was fun really because concerned. it distracted me from the pain for a moment. Yeah. For a moment. For a moment. Of the cat landing, like, uh, on my shredded breath it was Shredded. horrible oh my gosh. so horrible I'm sure that's how that felt I'm so sorry yeah it felt like he had just ripped everything wide open it was so painful oh. um but you know he didn't in fact rip everything open but <laughs> it was very <laughs> and I was like I'm going to kill him he's not gonna he almost didn't make it through that week <laughs> like he just no, I should also post the video of what I was doing instead of killing him. And I was petting mm. him sweetly. Like, yes, I love you. And so it was funny because nearing the end of the week, it was like you were trying to keep him awake during the day. So every time he like lay <laughs> yeah. down and closed his eyes, you're like, no, wake up, wake up, wake up. I was like, you're just trying to get him back. And you were like, no, I want to keep him awake during the day. So he so sleeps, he sleeps night. at night. <laughs> so you're trying to sleep train a cat like, like it's an infant. <laughs> and I was like, this is ridiculous. Which I knew it was ridiculous and I knew it wasn't going to work. But I was like, I was so desperate. <laughs> Which led to the song. 
which led to this song, which we'll have to put on the website. Yeah. Um, it was hilarious. Sleep all day, party all night. Sleep all, Sleep day, all day, party all night. Sleep all day, party all night. Party all night long. Party, party all night all long. Night long. <laughs> <laughs> that was the song for the cats. There are some other parts to it. Um, because Lynx had prior to this, about a month prior to my surgery, Lynx got fixed. So I was like, they chopped off my balls, but they're wrapped around <laughs> my paws. <laughs> I knock stuff off the tables whenever I am able. <laughs> like, sleep all day, party all night. Sleep all sleep day, party all night. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I hope that that song co- becomes as popular as like peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter. Peanut jelly butter time. jelly time. <laughs> peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Milk peanut butter jelly in a baseball bat. Milk and cereal. Milk and cereal. <laughs> Do you remember that one? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was pretty funny. Around the same time as peanut butter jelly time. But yeah, I hope it becomes as famous as they did. <laughs> We're gonna have to make it that. We're gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to make that happen. Um, oh my gosh. But yeah, so Guinevere also does that with this cat now. Mm-hmm. And this is like her emotional support animal where she has a bad dream in the middle of the night. She'll be like, I just want to hold links. And it's like we go find links, or I'll go find links and pick them up and just be like, okay, your sister needs you. And she'll just mm-hmm. sit there and squeeze them and just be like, and he'll be like, I'm just going to tolerate this. Yeah, and he takes it. He does. And he lays with her. Yeah. It, it was sweet. Did I show you the picture the other night when yeah. like she had the, she was having a nightmare and she was like yelling something in her sleep. And I went like, I ran up the stairs to go be with her. And Lynx was already there and had his paw like on her hand and she'd calm down. Oh, so sweet. Cute. Maybe yeah, you didn't they're... send me that one. You mentioned earlier that, um, you know, at the beginning of this, you know, how, how like your perspective had changed of me. And I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through that a little bit. Where were you? before what was your perspective before I guess and did you even know that there was until you know that there was that specific perspective until it was changed and did you learn from it what did you learn okay so (laughs) too much my perspective of you before was you couldn't handle it there Mm -hmm. was no way There was no way that you weren't going to freak out at some point and be, and we were, one, we were going to fight. There was going to be something that was going to tip you over the edge. You were going to leave. You were going to be like, nope, I can't handle this. This is too much. I'm done and walk out. Um, Mm -hmm. That was how I, I was like, and then I am going to be stuck. I was like, I don't have a backup plan. I was very nervous that this was not going to work out. And um, those are all reasonable thoughts. I would never leave you stranded, but that was, but I totally get why you were thinking that. that way. Um, yeah, that it, it was just, it wasn't going to work out. And that it was also going to be a really unhealthy environment for one of your, because we were 
going to be so toxic. Like I was just certain. So how my perspective of you changed was, well, when you didn't and you were very responsible and very caretaking and I got to see you because we had a role reversal. It wasn't Mm -hmm. me taking care of you. It was you taking care of me. Mm -hmm. And I got to see you from that perspective, which was really a first. Yeah, never. Not really. I mean, I'd stepped into that position a couple of times, maybe briefly in our, in our history during the um, times of the funerals, you know, I did, I did some caretaking things, but they were brief, short-lived and a lot of other and definitely overlooked by me and unappreciated like they were not appreciated at the same appreciation that I have now Yeah, totally different scenarios right <laughs> completely different scenario um and I, so I never saw that as who you are or what you're capable of wow <laughs> just a bit, I mean there wasn't I don't take ev- offense <laughs> at all there just wasn't like evidence of that yet that I had seen and sustainable and you know and also a little bit of you don't quite need me to be as overbearing as I can be you're saying that's a new realization that you had yeah Mm. that doesn't mean that I won't that I'm forever healed and I'm not ever going to be overbearing again or mm-hmm. overprotective of you, but it would be weird that if that changed overnight. <laughs> I mean, and it would be weird if that changed completely in our dynamic altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, but, but I think there's a new appreciation for you are as protective of me as I am of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you that never that's really not a one-sided thing. Mm. Yeah. So that felt really one-sided to you until last year. I mean, and I never really thought of that as one-sided. It was just, that was my role and that was my responsibility and it wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. You're the, you're the baby sister. It's not your job to take care of me. It's my job to take care of you. Um, that was just kind of my, my belief in our roles which is, that's what big sisters are supposed to do. You're supposed to take care of the little sister. And that was drilled into me because mom is an older, is the oldest of her siblings. Yeah. So she drilled into, into me from the time you were born. This is, you have to take care of her. I'm going to die one day and you're going to have to take care of your sister. She's the only person you're going to have in this world. She really made it seem like she was going to die tomorrow every day. I know. And she's alive and well, definitely like there was just that it, it which is hilarious because she doesn't take care of her younger siblings, but that was the responsibility. And it was just drilled in. This is what being a big sister is. This is what being a big sister is. And yeah, so it just wasn't your job. So it was never the expectation that was put on you. To be fair, technically it wasn't yours either. <laughs> I know it was put on you, but it's um, not normal. I don't think. I'm not well, sure. To some, Maybe to our some listeners degree. can tell us if it's normal. Do you have sisters? Yeah. Do you, do you have that dynamic? Yeah, siblings. I, I yeah. do think it's not completely abnormal for the big, the oldest to bear no. some responsibility and caretaking for yeah. younger siblings. Yeah, There's but the level. Some of that. I, I don't think to the extreme of 
us. Yeah. Like I remember Guinevere telling me she didn't want, she like, there was like a year where she was like, I really want a, a little sister. I want a little sister. Cause one of her friends at daycare was ha- getting a little sister. Getting. <laughs> she was going to get a little sister and she was really <laughs> excited about it. And she was like, I want a little sister. I want a little sister. And then when she started asking me more about my life and stuff and me taking care of you, some time had gone by and she had decided she didn't want a little sister anymore. And I was like, why? Like, that's Missy's- a burden. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Missy is like one of my favorite people. Why don't you want a little, why did you change your mind? And she was like, because you told me one time that when Aunt Missy was a baby, you had to change her diapers and I'm not ready for that life. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's one of those things that she says that blows our minds. Yes. So wow. we definitely have that like realization. So that was just how it was. Yeah. That's- it didn't feel one-sided. It was just, this is how the world works. The sky is blue. Grass is green. Big sister takes care of little sister. Yeah. Wow. So that was, <clears throat> I, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize it at the time. I definitely didn't realize it at the time. You know, I mean, we've had conversations about it after the fact that, like you just said, you know, like you look at me differently and, and, but it was cool to just ask you that way just now and kind of get that perspective. Cause yeah. So it was, it was, I, I think I've said it changed my perspective of you, but I don't think I've ever told you exactly what my pre expectations were. That's kind of why I asked the way I did, because I was like, I know there had to be a way that you probably subconsciously had me in your head that you didn't even realize until you had these new realizations about me. Oh no, that it was very conscious. It was a very con- conscious judgment of you. Oh, um, that well, I love un- you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I love you, and it's I don't mean that in an offensive way, but it was a very conscious awareness that I was like, this isn't going to work. She's going to be. She's not going to be able to do this. Um, we're going to fight. There's going to be this power struggle, all of this other stuff. Like I was very conscious and aware of all the reasons why I didn't think it was a good idea. And I didn't want you to be the one taking care of me. Yeah. I mean, I was super worried because mostly because I just, I was worried about us getting into a fight. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I had full confidence in myself and my abilities to come in and take care of you and take care of things that need to be done, you know, because I didn't have that perspective of myself before. <laughs> I didn't know what, you know, I, I know what I'm capable of and, and I knew that I would be able to do that, but yeah, you my, sounded really confident about it. You were like, I'm going to come and I'm going to take care of you and it'll be fine. And we yeah, like, I knew what I was like- doing. I knew what I was doing. I was just worried. I was just worried about our relationship and I was worried about us being, mm-hmm stuck in the house together 24 seven for that long of a period of time all at once. Um, And it was hard for me to believe that you really understood how incredibly unable to do things. Like I was having a hard time with, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. And every time something came up, like, I remember the litter boxes being like a I can't scoop the litter. How am I going to do this? <laughs> like that's yeah. a motion I can't make. I can't carry that. What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, I mean, and that's, 
an area that I'm, I'm super aware of. And I was at the time too. I knew, you know, because I've had a lot of, you know, being trained to teach yoga and being trained by a physical therapist, having a lot of injuries come into my studio and into my, my private lessons and stuff like that. Like I definitely have this awareness of the body and, and the healing body and healing from surgeries and healing from other kinds of traumas and things like that. So I knew, and I was very confident in the fact that I knew that you were going to need way more help than you probably thought. And, um, I was prepared for things to, for things to come up that I, that I wasn't prepared for initially, you know, I was prepared for anything to happen, I guess, you know, and maybe except for that toilet situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I definitely think there was, that was, that was so definite for me where I was just like, oh my gosh, because every single day it seemed to be something I would do something to be like, oh my God, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. And I, so I was absolutely certain that you had no idea what you were getting yourself into and how bad this was going to be. <laughs> I had no idea that you were even thinking that way because I totally knew what I was getting into. I, I totally knew what I was getting into. And, and I was, yeah. I mean, and I knew that you and I were both going to be, and maybe that's probably part of why I was able to have um, an incredible amount of patience. And I feel like I was very, with the exception of like, you know, some of the stuff that with schooling and Guinevere and stuff, I feel like I was like very calm mm-hmm. and very collected except about the sleep and Not except about the sleep. sleep. <laughs> At night, I was a freaking train wreck, but, but when so it came, understandable. yeah, I'm not, I'm not judging myself for that either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I feel like I had a lot of yeah, all of this stuff that I guess maybe I didn't, I've never really had the chance to show you like all this stuff that like, I feel like I've had before, but after coming out of like yoga teacher training and teaching yoga for so long now, I feel like, you know, I, I have space. I can hold space for people to feel things good or bad Mm -hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally. And, and I feel like, you know, people can benefit from me being able to hold that space. And people have, and people have told me that. And, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that, you know, it's interesting, like maybe we should have one of my yoga clients come on here and like, inter- we should interview them about how they see me because, you know, I really feel like I'm viewed so very differently in that world than like how you view me, which is normal and totally or family fine. in general. Yeah. But it was really nice for you to be able to see that side of me. because That is a really huge part of who I am. Um, you know, I am of, I love to be of service to others and I want to help people heal physical trauma, emotional trauma, whatever it is. I want to help people heal in the way that they want to heal and being able to show you that and really embody that and do it for my sister in such a big way was, it, it was really great for me to, um, be able to, sh- for you to be able to develop a diff- that, this new perspective, that's really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I always known you're a good yoga teacher, but it was, it was very different and having to release control so completely and completely surrender to the limitations that I was in 
That's very hard for me. That's hard in and of itself. And then you have to surrender your control to your little sister who you've been trying to control for 30 years. Yeah. And uh, who who have been, uh, who's not supposed to be in that role. Like you're just not supposed to be taking care of me. Like that's That's, suddenly a hard battle for you, huh? It really is because suddenly the sky is green and the grass is blue. Like everything's upside down. I'm so like, I don't understand what is happening. And it's, it's like the twilight zone. It is so hard. It's hard for me to not take care of you and to accept that you can take care of me. And there are so many ways in which you've been the kid sister. And one of our episodes, one of our recent recordings we talked about like how you don't conform to like I want to work full-time job and I want to have a house and this and that and all of these things that the myself I have conformed to and shoulded over myself and how that is aligned with responsibility in our family like it, or in society as a whole, really, like it's one of those things, if you don't conform to working the nine to five and doing this, and I want to grow up and get a job and have a baby and a family and get married and do all that and do all of these, like what you're supposed to do type things, then you're not responsible. Mm-hmm. And so there is, there is that part of the brain that's like, well, is she responsible enough to be able to handle this? Mm. Cause I live a very unconventional lifestyle. So I, I guess, yeah, that can raise questions of what is she capable of and what is she capable of? Can she live in this conventional world for that <laughs> I feel trapped in a lot of the times? <sighs> like there's a lot of times where my life is just like, I have to go to work because I have well, to yeah, pay I mean, so, and, and there's this. another huge difference. I mean, like I was probably able to handle that situation with patience and grace the way I was because I knew it was temporary because it was a week. This was yeah, a long was ten, week, but it was temporary. Yeah. Yeah. 10 days, but it was temporary. Like, and right. I knew that that wasn't going to be my life and that it was going to be, I mean, I remember sitting there on like day four or five with my hands, my, my head in my hands saying, wow, I can't believe I have six more days of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so. And yeah, I have done that and week, said, but I, have I can't done believe that. I have 10 more years of this. 11 more years. <sighs> yeah. Love you. Sorry. Like 13 more years of this. How old is she? She's seven. Seven. 11. So that would take her to 20. Yeah. 13 years takes her to 20 yes yeah, so as if years would take her to 18 which is yeah that's not when parenting stops though no 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 no. but that 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 type of parent I mean we're not sitting we're not going to be sitting with her during doing her schoolwork and even high school right like hopefully we won't have to do that hopefully she'll be doing that on her own okay so moving on <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah. moving on a little bit so um so I guess what's what where we could kind of all tie this into now is like how cool is it that before you know we kind of had this dynamic where yeah we were we were still best friends and we would talk daily and you would call me about your problems and vent to me and this and that and look at it, and look to me for advice and look to me for 
my perspective, not necessarily advice, but my perspective and my opinion is what I, is what I mean by that. Um, and now, and of course I've always done that with you. So, and before kind of like, you know, your view is like, you have to take care of me. And I know that that's never going to go completely away. And I don't really want that to, I love you. <laughs> I love my big sister and, and how you care about me. But I, I wonder, I, I say all this to say, I wonder if maybe there's a little bit more a, of an equal partnership type of relationship now because of that mm-hmm. experience a year ago. I think there is a lot more equality. I mean, and even, you know, last month I came out to visit you mm-hmm. and we were together a week. Neither mm-hmm. one of us was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Neither one of us needed to be like partially incapacitated for us to get along. And we did. And I didn't want to leave you. Like I was, I was anxious that last day because I was anxious about getting on my plane and making Mm -hmm. it back in time to Mm -hmm. pick up my daughter. But I I didn't want to leave being with you. Yeah. And just like after my surgery, you didn't want to leave here and leave me being alone. Um, Like, I feel like since then we want to be around each other more and we haven't had those, we haven't had those big fights. <laughs> that was me knocking on wood. Um, actually it was me not knocking on real wood. Let me find some real wood as if that's hard to find in my house. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we ha- we've done a lot better with the way that we treat each other the way we talk to each other. Um, there is more equality, there is more respect, um, and there's also more trust. I have more faith in you as a grown up, and I'm mm. able to see you in a different way than I did before. And I've had, I've told other people, like there are other people when I'm like, yeah, Missy came and took care of me. They're like, Ugh, how did that go? I'm like, actually, <laughs> like who? <laughs> like, aunts and uncles and family member like family member that see you as little missy like because they also know that we fight so much right yeah 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 so how did it go uh, with missy taking care of you like yikes to that yeah for all the same reasons why we were like oh how this is gonna work yeah yeah um yeah I think we all Mm. just kind of I've gotten to be able to say how amazing you were um and be able to say like no I don't think you guys I don't I don't think there's an awareness spread through family who sees you as little missy because you're still little (laughs) you are missy (laughs) like that you're they haven't seen you at that elevated level of being and responsibility and taking care of you are the fun aunt that comes and plays with the kids and laughs and enjoys life and you're the light and the breath of life for all of us but that's really hard maybe (laughs) no I think everybody enjoys being around you because you are a light and your your energy is light and happiness and um it's hard to equate that with the heaviness that is responsibility of life and how hard life is. So glad I come off that way. 
You do. Like, and I'm not the only one who sees it. You. I'm not the only one who sees it. Cause I remember that was a caption on one of, on one of the wedding pictures from Carl and um, Leslie's wedding. It was Aww. like how she captioned one of the pictures was, isn't my sister-in-law just a absolute shine of light? And I was like, yeah, yeah, she is. Aww. That's oh how God. she is. Oh, full body chills. Yeah. <laughs> That's really Every, sweet. I think everybody sees you that way. It's very easy to see you as fun and lighthearted and sweet. I'm not so, sad about that. That's a beautiful way to be seen. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> but it is also a way that makes it easy to discredit discredit yeah discredit that's a good word for it to discredit some of the the real the real not that the other stuff isn't real but the harder and darker parts of life yeah heavier more responsible even yeah 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 I get that well do we want to uh we've got like five minutes ish do we want to wrap this up yeah let's okay so I love, I love that we were able to um, kind of uncover this new sense of equality between us. And I, I think that's awesome. Um, and in a future episode, we'll talk about why the other people in our lives maybe look at me in a specific way and how, um, you know, how that kind of affects me and has affected our relationship. And here we are now um, having that crazy that was a crazy experience. That was, um, yeah, it was very impactful and, and I had no idea going into it that it was going to have such an effect on us and our relationship. And even after the fact really didn't even, you know, there was so much going on, I guess. So having this conversation and hearing you, uh, really lay out how you went from one place to another and how you see me is really, awesome so thank you I love you I hope that people listening to this I love you too sorry (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I do love you too but I do hope that people listening to this can get that same type of growth and evolution in their relationships that don't require one of them being sliced in half yeah yeah (laughs) so I guess if we we want you to take anything from this it's uh don't wait until surgery to open your mind (laughs) Well, yeah. And to be able to see your loved ones in a more full picture and not just the role that they serve in your life. I think that's a wrap. I love you listeners. Thank you for listening. Please rate, like, review, download, subscribe, all of those things, wherever you are listening to our podcast. Um, Also, our website is what is it though? <laughs> I think sisterly it's sisterly situations, situationspodcast.com. <laughs> uh, we are, we are still very much in the beginning stages of this. So the website is barely built. So yeah, it's sisterly situationspodcast.com. And there, I still have to add it, but there will be, by the time this airs, a place to send us an email. If you wanted to send us emails, uh, send us your stories or questions or anything that you want to share. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Anything you want to share. We are open to it. And so, yeah. So thank you so much. And that's the situation. And that's our situation. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye.
Bye.